0: Welcome to the gridiron show will gavin ollie hunter we're going to review all the week 14 action for you including can the dallas cowboys or chicago bears make a splash in the playoffs and just how rubbish is the team in the sixth seed in the nfc going to be we'll talk about all the latest news from around the nfl and preview thursday night football this is the gridiron show Uh, hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter. Hello, Ollie. How are we doing? I'm all right. I'm refreshed. Refreshed in what way, sir? I slept for twelve solid hours. That's insanity.
1: When did you? What? When? From yesterday. I got home at twelve at eight thirty,
0: mm-hmm. and I was
1: so tired. For some reason, Adonis had bought everyone a Burger King uh, on Deliveroo. <laughs> And I think My it new re- friend Adonis. Yeah, your new buddy. And I think it. I, I think Adonis is an actual name of a person that works here. It, it, that, that is a human or... being, not someone that
0: Ollie has just invented. <laughs> no, it's an actual. I name. can
1: confirm that that
0: is a real person.
1: Uh, if you go to @willgav, you may be able. to... No, I don't think you. Will, not anymore. But... You won't be able to. <laughs>
0: okay, one of those. Fair <laughs> enough. But um, uh, he bought us all a. a... He's the most recent person I followed, so you can you find go. him there if you if you don't believe in him. Uh, he uh, he bought us all <laughs> a Burger King,
1: and then I got home. And then at 8:30 I got home I thought oh I'm so tired I'm just going to go to bed. I set an alarm to get up for the NFL Sunday night Monday night football game. Mhm. Didn't get up for it. stepped through the alarm. Woke up at 8:30 the following morning, Tuesday I morning. I did
0: notice I I tweeted about how horrendous those Seahawks uniforms were and I did even say hashtag #kitwatch that I was uh, I was encroaching on your on your stoop as it were. And uh, yeah, I I didn't get any responses until I woke up after my all day sleep today. So uh, I did notice that you, and you were disappeared right to, off the face of the planet. You were right to do that because I wasn't. I was
1: incommunicado because I was actually asleep. Amazing! I'm um, really pleased for you. Buddy. And you, but you were right. Those are the worst. Oh man, I don't think the Jags have those mustard color rush uniforms anymore. <laughs> that Dijon mustard or or baby poo. I think the Seahawks lime it's not even lime it's a dreadful dreadful uniform
0: uh, dreadful out of interest um, do you <laughs> yeah no, no I'm thinking I, I had quite a few responses to it with some other suggestions but yeah go on I'll, I'll just take it it is the worst I think it's the worst I got accused of saying it was the worst because I'm a Forbes fan it's nothing to do with that it's to do with being forced to watch like snap to snap Something which offends my eyes. It hurts the eyes. I, I honestly, I don't mind, like, someone will say, oh, what about the boring, like, all-white kits or half-white kits? I'm like, firstly, that's a league diktat that they have to have that as an away kit, so they don't have the option to not do that. And a lot of them, take the Saints, for example, with the gold numbers, black lettering, they take the white and they make it great. The Cowboys take the white, they make it look great. I like to think the 49ers with the red stripes and the red on it uh, well, and is that, a great white kit. It, it's a throwback
2: Oh, uh, the throwback right.
0: with the black num- black letting around the numbers from the nineties. That's the throwback colour rush kit. It's glorious. Outstanding kit. So I uh, I am all for kits being a little bit flamboyant. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But there's flamboyant and then there's just plain old hurts the eyes, and that hurts the eyes. Imagine kicking off the show with
1: some bona fide kit watch action when we've had an incredible, <laughs> incredible week 14 of NFL action. We've had fire, coaching firings and we've had injuries and, and everything else. But I love the fact that we started it off with some kit watch.
0: Was the Miami Dolphins play at the end of the Patriots game the your favourite regular season play of the season, maybe even of the modern era?
1: Of the season, definitely not of the modern era. The Aaron Rodgers launch hail mary hail mary in the detroit lions game to win the game was the best but we... um that yeah 100 percent, the longest play from scrimmage um to win a game with time expiring ever in what since
0: 1970 since records officially properly began it it was incredible wasn't it i just want to say on it very quickly because what we're going to do we're going to we're going to focus on four big games from this weekend after we've run through the news and uh we're going to talk about raven's Chargers we talk about the Eagles-Cowboys game and then the two, Sunday night, Monday night football, uh, where there was a point where I thought there was going to be less than 30 points between those two games in a season where it's all about the offence. But the Vikings-Seahawks put up some garbage time points for us. Wasn't it Ravens-Chiefs? What did I say? Chargers. Oh, sorry. Ravens-Chiefs was what I meant. Apologies. No, no, no. Uh, But I just want to talk about that play very quickly and just say that I think that the coaching decision to put Rob Gronkowski on the field... As bad a coaching decision as we saw this entire weekend, Mm -hmm. because for everyone that's uh, you know for every terrible coaching decision we did see, and there were some dreadful ones this weekend, whether it's the bad uses of timeouts in the Rams Bears game, whether it's you know I'm not going to list them all off right now, we don't we there's this kind of fear to ever say anything negative about Bill Belichick and their coaching decisions. Rob Gronkowski makes some sense on the hands team if you're guaranteed a Hail Mary. Ryan Tannehill, with his surgically repaired shoulder, isn't going to throw the ball through the air 40 yards, let alone throw the ball from its own 31 for a Hail Mary. So the only way they were ever, ever, ever going to complete that With seven seconds left, they were either going to have to hit a very quick 20-yard out to the sideline and get it done in six seconds, and then get one second to get off a play from near midfield, or they were going to have to do what they did and lateral it. In which case, why is Rob Gronkowski on the field? And what made it even worse was I saw somebody suggest, when I put this on Twitter, saying, Ah, yeah, but what if the Dolphins had scrambled up to the line and decided to take the Hail Mary really quickly as a way to kind of throw the the Patriots uh, defence and not let them get the Hail Mary players out there in time, you had two timeouts. Bill, just call a timeout. Mm. That's all it would have taken, and you would have had time to substitute. It was, it was all very funny to watch him lumbering over at Kenyon Drake and falling over and ha, ha, ha. Isn't it funny that, that like he made such a mess of that? But it's a legitimately dreadful coaching decision, which if they'd just put a safety back there, it wouldn't have been a touchdown and the Patriots would have won that game of football and pretty much secured the bye at this point. I forget which one of the McCourty twins it was, but the one
1: that ste- that stood out of that particular play that mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski replaced him for, that was the only play that he didn't participate in on defence the entire game.
0: Oh, and by the way... While I'm being angry about things. <laughs> Who would have thought Willie gets angry about things of the today? <laughs> if the Los Angeles Chargers finish with just three losses this season, if they beat the Chiefs on Thursday night football, I know it's tough, missing those running backs, it's not going to be easy. If that happens, if they beat the Chiefs and we end up with two three-win teams, three-loss teams out of the AFC West... Mm-hmm. Uh, but we end up with a four-loss team in the second seed. I've always got angry about the home field advantage thing in the wild card round of the playoffs. I always think you should have... The divisional winners should get in. Obviously, they should, else the divisions make no sense. But the seeding should dictate who's at home. I'm throwing that out the window. You get your four division winners get in, then your two best teams with the best records get in. But you know what? Seeding should be based entirely on record from here forwards because it's getting increasingly fast. When a 7-9 and nine team can get in and then get a home game yeah. versus a team that have won 10 games, 11 games that season, not having it. I think it's, I think it's ludicrous. And the idea, like, people are like, oh, you don't like change. Get, get over yourselves. Get out. Get over yourselves. How can
1: a team from the Division of Disgrace, and it's been, I think, since we coined that term about four or five years ago, I think three of the four or five years have been teams that haven't had a winning record or have had a winning record by one. How can they have a better chance of making it to the Super Bowl than a team that has played better than the other for the entirety of the Yeah, exactly. Forcing
0: a team that have won more games to have to go entirely on the road because of what? An arbitrary decision... 40 years ago. Well, I mean, the playoff seeding's been changed since then, to be fair. But you know what I'm saying. So anyway, I've got that little bugbear off my shoulders. Should we talk about the news? The news. Uh, Starting off with the Vikings have uh, have fired offensive coordinator John D. Filippo. Uh, The absolutely offensive mess that the Vikings have been over the last four weeks. And I'm really glad. uh, Greggy uh, tweeted today saying... Uh, Kirk Cousins was very, very good for the first half of the season. Anyone who doesn't see that didn't watch football. And I said through eight weeks he was still in the MVP race. Uh, like way, uh, way off the likes of the Drew Brees and the Pat Mahomes, but if he had a brilliant second half of the season, he could thrust himself into it. Three of the last four weeks he's been dreadful, but the play calling has been awful as well. Mm. And John Filippo has gone from a man who was a, a hot head coaching candidate, thought of as the next Kyle Shanahan, only, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, to having no job right now.
1: The amazing thing is that when Mike McCarthy was fired last week, he was in, the, in uh, the conversation of taking over from Mike McCarthy at the end of the season, and his stock has fallen so badly after the defeat to the Seahawks 21-7 last night. Um You're right, the, the play calling hasn't been good enough, and Greg is also right that he that Kirk Cousins has looked really good in that first half of the season or the first eight weeks, making some incredible throws, most notably against Green Bay in that tie against um, against the Packers at Lambeau Field. But it's gone static. Uh, but I think actually that isn't totally on John DiFilippo. De, I think the entire team has gone static. The defence hasn't been playing well. Mike Zimmer has been increasingly testy throughout the season um I, the problem I, is I, I don't think it's all on him
0: the problem is the defense played really well that for most of the game last yeah, night yeah that's true let's not forget 18 of the seahawks 21 points came in the fourth quarter and seven of those came on the on the, the pick six. fumble return was it a pick six there Was a pick six was it a pick six yeah, yeah i couldn't remember if it was a strip and a fumble return or a pick six um the score, this game was 3 nothing going into the fourth quarter yeah. Which is why I was saying I thought both these games Were going to end up with less than 30 points between them In prime time and, By the way I watched the the, the 40 minute
1: Version on yeah. Game Pass this morning I really enjoyed it uh, well, <laughs> I really enjoyed that kind of Attritional uh, Who blinks first kind of game
0: I thought it was a really I thought overall it was a really Enjoyable yeah. game of football But the Vikings had their opportunities. The Vikings got down into the red zone. The Vikings chose not to take field goals and go for fourth downs. Not just on the on the very obvious one where they got into the goal line situation. They went for fourth and goal from the two and didn't and got stuffed, which wasn't a surprise considering how the running game had been going up until that point. But actually even when they got to the first time they got into Seahawks territory wasn't until the third quarter. And they got down to about the 39-38. And I know that's very long field goal territory, but even if you then punt it down into the corner, your defence has played really well so far. Force the Seahawks back, play that game of chess, force them to a three and out, and then get the ball back with a first down around midfield again and go again. That's what they should have been looking to do. Said they went for it on a fourth down there as well. it It was a really frustrating watch. The play calling itself was just... Really felt all over the place. I didn't like the run-pass balance overall, even though by the end of the game it, it looked okay. 33-21, to 21 passes but, to rushing attempts. But a lot
1: of that was on the final drive, wasn't it? Um, where they, they managed to get a load of... Well, the final two drives where they managed to get a load of yards. And I think a lot of them, the criticism to do with Di Filippo and the play calling and the play design as well is that at the beginning of the season, Stefan Diggs and... Adam Thielen were getting open all the time. All the time. Over the last three or four weeks, hardly at all. Thielen had that incredible run and as soon as that run ended of a hundred yards per game, he has been it's been very difficult to get him in the game. He's been double teamed left, right, and centre. Exactly. And 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 the same with Stefan Diggs. And then when it comes to the running game, and we saw it so much in the game against the Seahawks, that it was basic stuff, one cut up the middle and getting stuffed at the line, Dalvin Cook, and then that dreadful backwards pass to to Latavius
0: Murray. A
1: lot of the play design was, was not good
0: enough. You have to give a, a plenty of love to what the Seahawks have managed oh, to do yeah, on defence. Yeah, and, yeah. and the fact that it has been all about bringing that competition back in, the idea that actually the likes of the Shermans and the Michael Bennetts and uh, all of those other players that... that now are no longer on the team, maybe got their feet under the table a little bit and weren't playing as hard because the lack of competition was there was not there at that point and they weren't being really challenged for their places. And You have to give that a lot of love. It was actually, for the first three quarters, very ugly, also on offense from the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson didn't have a good game and then had a couple of good throws in the fourth quarter and suddenly Simon Clancy and Matt Sherry are talking about him as a top three quarterback again, obviously, but... They, they, if their defence is playing as well as they do, you only really need him to have, you know, he had that 40-yard scramble, he had... Like, he just needs to make two or three plays a game. Like it was, and it reminds me of that season where, OK, they eventually got blown out in the Super Bowl that year, but that year where they constantly were doing just enough to win games because the defence was so good and then all you needed was... And actually, it got to a point where... The defence apparently didn't like Wilson at that point. You heard all sorts of rumours of Sherman and Chancellor and, and all those guys actually not being a fan of him because they felt he wasn't doing enough mm-hmm. in that first couple of seasons and then kind of got won round by him later. I think that's the kind of team they are right now. I still think going on the road in the playoffs to one of these incredible offences, they will struggle, but fair play. They are a much, much better team than we were expecting. I
1: love their running game. I love the the triple threat of Chris Carson, Mike Davis and the rookie Rashad Penny. I think that Penny had that uh, traversing the field after cutting back and escaping pressure um, pressure on the running back that is uh, their running game is diverse and I like w- what's going on and they're finally getting Russell Wilson running the ball a bit as well but you're right not much going on passing wise and when they're starting to bring um Tyler Lockett on jet sweeps that aren't working, you know that the the running the the passing game isn't quite there yet, but yeah I mean Russell can pull. A, 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 a rabbit rainbow. out of the hat a
0: rainbow out of the sky very good uh, let's just a uh, couple of other bits of news worth mentioning Reggie McKenzie's run as general manager of the Oakland Raiders has come to an end Reggie McKenzie took this team from being an absolute nobody team had to go through those couple of years around 2010 11-12 where the only players he could sign in 2012-13 were kind of really ageing free agents who he had to throw money at who were past their best and getting these massive monster contracts from the Raiders had that one obviously phenomenal draft class was it two thousand fourteen with Derek Carr and Khalil mack and and really turned this team around and made them a team that could go to the playoffs and look like a legitimate playoff contender two years ago but it 's been so obvious that he is get slowly getting the elbow out we 're hearing reports that there are literally now two sets of scouts working within the Raiders organization, the likes of Justin Tuck absolutely throwing money at them uh, and you you look at the inside the organization. There's apparently two scouting networks right now. There's the Gruden guys and the McKenzie guys. They were essentially had two front offices right now. I don't even know if they'll even bother bringing a new GM in because John Gruden just wants to be the man making those decisions. And we were there and we saw Reggie McKenzie and and John Gruden barely interact with each other on the field. Him going and watching the game with just one other guy up in his box and. It's been, it's this has been coming for a while. They just seem to wait for a, a moment where they felt they could just shuffle him off quietly and move on. The problem, weird.
1: Uh, uh, weird. I think what's um, what's killed Mackenzie is the fact that not only is Khalil Mack doing really well at his new landing spot, but Amari Cooper has been, and and maybe this is the right time to talk about it, but Amari Cooper has been absolutely brilliant since he's joined the Cowboys. He's been the player that would post 200 yards once or twice a season uh, per game for the Raiders. And he's now producing... Not 200 yards per game, but well, he's...
0: He went to 217 and three touchdowns well, there this you weekend. go. But he's producing week in, week out consistently, which he wasn't doing for the Raiders. We've talked a lot about what he's done for that offense in Dallas. I still have some concerns with Dallas when it gets into the playoffs. Obviously, they've, what they've done over the last four or five weeks has been brilliant since there's no team who have since their bye by this season have turned their season around like the Dallas Cowboys have and a, a lot of love for them for doing that. My concern with them is not dissimilar to what I was saying last week about the Chargers. They let the Eagles stay in this game and let them force it to overtime, when realistically, through three quarters, they were 9 nothing up. Mm. But based on balance of play, time of possession, yardage, everything else that Went they all had, them. they should have been absolutely miles ahead. And we'll talk about the Bears-Rams uh, game in a bit and, and why I think that there's a... Little bit of a misnomer for the Bears there. In fact, we can talk about it now. Let's just, do you know, well, what
1: very quickly. The Cowboys always have that game against the Titans in them.
0: Yeah, where exactly. they can't have
1: get where they don't get something going. That Prescott looks like the guy that you and I potentially believe that he is, rather than the guy that Simon Clancy and M- Matt Sherry think he
0: is. I know. I think. Uh, Clancy's closer to us on this. I think it's just Sherry who's very much still the Dak right. guy. And Dak had a great game this weekend and that's fine but he still threw some some bad throws. Two interceptions, both of them absolutely entirely mm. on him which was poor. Uh, yeah, I so on balance, I, I think the Cowboys obviously are the most improved team of the second half of the season but I can they go and win one playoff game maybe can they go on a three game road winning uh, no a two game road winning streak against the the rams and the saints or whatever that would end up being i can't see it i just don't see them even with as well as their defense has been playing they just don't seem to kill games off and similarly we looked to what happened with rams bears this weekend now the rams have got problems because that's two games in a row. And yes, they would beat the Lions, but the Lions had them figured out. And then the Bears followed that same idea that the Lions had, which is playing the two split safeties, covering the field in that kind of zonal fashion at the back end. So as the plays developed, being able to pick out where to stop and slow the play down, stopping the screen game and getting after the quarterback, obviously holding the Los Angeles Rams to six points was an incredible effort and a poor effort from Jared Goff. But man, is Mitchell Trubisky rubbish. 16 of 30. He had 30 passing attempts and passed for 110 yards. One touchdown, which was a trick play with four... A brilliant trick play. With four defensive linemen and an offensive tackle catching the ball. And three bad interceptions. Do you really, really believe that if a Bears team can outgain a Rams team like that team did the weekend, this isn't necessarily aimed at you, Ollie, this is just aimed at the Royal, everyone, if you can outgain a team and beat a team and hammer them about like the Bears did to the Rams this weekend and pick Jared Goff Goff off three times and not put 30 or 40 points on them that you would be able to go to New Orleans or Los Angeles. If this game was in the reverse in the playoffs, everyone would be like, Oh, I remember what the bears did to the Rams in week 14. The Rams might hammer them. I think they might actually go to Los Angeles and get a battering. I just, the, I don't believe that because the defense is too good, but I do believe that this is a bears team that until they improve on offense, they're not going to be championship worthy but that defense is right up there with the best i mean the defense is ridiculous oh ridiculous and we've we've banged on
1: about it i've banged on about it just i wonder if they they almost showed too much in beating the rams they showed that if you leave Khalil Mack uncovered on third downs <laughs> he will disrupt and jared Goff or any quarterback will make mistakes I think the way that you beat the Bears is get the ball out bang on real quick. What the Rams didn't do was those quick crossing routes. They don't have that slot guy on form. Josh Reynolds, they wanted to to use in that way, but he dropped two or three really easy passes or really easy catches. And the, the, the Rams couldn't get the chains moving. They couldn't get Goff going. And they then went in on themselves and started to fear that Bears defense Jared Goff you could see it he feared getting hit by those Bears and he would make Kirk Cousins-esque bad decisions in getting the ball out or throwing it away and it was no surprise that they couldn't get anything going
0: four days like no other a festival like no other, for a bookmaker like no other. Betfred, get up to forty pounds in free bets when you sign up using promo code Chel40 and stake ten pounds on any Cheltenham race. Betfred, at the heart of Cheltenham. 18 plus, new UK customers only. Available from March 6 to March 13. Thirty pound free bets credited within 10 hours of first bet settlement. Extra ten pound free bets credited if first bet loses. Full terms at betfred.com/promotions. Keep it fun. BeGambleAware.org. That's Sunday night football. That was Monday night football. We've managed to cover those off pretty well. Uh, The other big bit of news uh, was that the salary cap for 2019 uh, has been projected to be 187 to 191.1 million. A pretty big increase over the 177 million of this season. Teams have another 10 million to work with, and you think about those teams with loads of cap space, and you think about those teams like, like the Cowboys, like the Rams who have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract, who can now go and add to those squads. That window is... you have I, I think you've got to look at those teams who have got really good rookie quarterbacks. It's Deshaun Watson do a contract check. He's probably got another year. The Texans in there as well and think... Chiefs. Extra cap space. Chiefs are a great one. Like, I think we're going to see over the next... We should see over the next two years, if those teams aren't dominating because they've got so much cap room now and a rookie on so little money... I'd be absolutely stunned if you start seeing the teams with the 30 million quarterbacks doing really, really well. Yeah. yeah. Although that being said, you get a team like the 49ers who have both a $27 million quarterback and a stupid amount of cap space. Uh, then, then there might be some teams out there who can achieve it based on money alone, but God, you wouldn't necessarily fancy it, would if you? If you're a
1: free agent going into this season or the end of this season, going into next season, you're thinking, hello, I am going to get paid because... It, if you're a decent free agent, you're in, um, or a decent player, you're in high demand because there are teams that need to restock and get better, and you could get end up getting paid somewhere, and getting paid really, really well.
0: It was a a, a thing sent to our group, the Gridiron Brain Trust, by Ben Burke, who does the the betting previews for Gridiron, who uh, who sent this uh, highest average annual co- contract value of quarterbacks this season. 33.5 million, Aaron Rodgers, in playoff position, no. 30 million, Matt Ryan, in the playoffs this season, no. Kirk Cousins, 28 million. Yes, sixth seed in the NFC right now, but not playing very well. Jimmy Garoppolo. Down the trend, isn't he? <laughs> absolutely. Jimmy Garoppolo, 27.5 million in the playoff position, no. Matt Stafford, 27 million, no. Derek Carr, 25 million, no, the top six quarterbacks in terms of money could all miss the playoffs this season if things shake out a certain way. The, actually, the Packers could still make it. The Packers win out. They need the Vikings to lose twice, which is unlikely. Whoa, 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 whoa. With the, the Lions' resurgence? Yeah. Is that what, the claim you're making? yeah. Yeah. Are you getting uh, legitimately allowing yourself to get excited by so the idea the Packers can go there's to the
1: playoffs? Chi- no, the Packers can't.
0: <laughs> they can the make the playoffs. They can make the. playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. It's just it's
1: unlikely. They it's will. the same as like the Browns making the playoffs. There's a there's a scenario where the Browns
0: can make the playoffs even though they're two games back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they're in the picture. They're in the hunt. They are, they're, they're a great spoiler team, though, the Browns, aren't they? Great win for them this weekend. Uh, we won't necessarily pour over every game, but it was a really good win, win for them this weekend. For the down, the, uh, Talk about a team in a downward trend. The Panthers are,
1: are dreadful at the moment.
0: Oh, so bad. Like this idea, the Panthers, Eagles, Washington, Green Bay, could all make it into the playoffs if the Vikings lose two games is ridiculous and hilarious. And the NFC has turned into the AFC of about the last five or six years. It's very upsetting. It's finally happened. <laughs> it's it's The AFC is the better conference for the first time in living memory. That's probably an exaggeration, but the Patriots' dominance certainly makes it in recent memory. In the time we've been doing this podcast, this might be the first season where the AFC has been the better top-to-bottom conference okay. since 2012.
1: So the Browns can get to the playoffs by winning their last three against Denver, Cincinnati and Baltimore. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh would have to lose their last three against... New uh New England, New Orleans and Cincinnati doable. Baltimore would have to lose to Tampa Bay or the LA Chargers at one out of either, either of those two. That's it. So all of that can all happen. Oh. I mean the most unlikely of all of those would be Cleveland winning three games in a row. And that would be four in
0: a row. But it could happen. Uh, the, the Ravens, uh, I think, even though they lost this weekend to the Chiefs, showed a huge amount on both sides of the yeah. ball. Really good defensively. Lamar Jackson, OK, it's only 147 yards in the air, but adds to that with 71 on the ground. He opens up for Gus Edwards, who had another good game, if not a splash in terms of the of the amount. Kenneth Dixon as well. The rushing game is there. Ty Montgomery dot two carries. Whoa, whoa, For one yard. He who must not be named. Yeah, by you. Podcast. I will name him as much I So the, the Ravens, I'd, I'd be surprised if the Ravens aren't that sixth team in. But, should you we, know, should we quickly talk about
1: Mahomes? Got the Colts. Got the, the Dolphins. Sp- got the Titans. Mahomes in that, perfor- on that, in that game, that performance, some of
0: the throws that he's making. The no-look pass is one of my favourite passes I've ever seen in the NFL.
1: Well, there's the no-look pass. There's the pass where he's running... Out towards the right-hand side and then throws across his body to Tyreek Hill, who is playing through an injury, who jumps, goes up and catches it and then runs out of bounds. It, incredible, incredible stuff. That was on fourth down. The game winner to Damian Williams was on fourth down as well. Patrick Mahomes is reminding me of some of the things that Aaron Rodgers
0: in his pomp did. It's, it's Some of the stuff he's doing is incredible. The most telling thing about everything you said there. Was Aaron Rodgers in his pomp? As if that's gone. He said it's never coming back, Ollie. Well, it
1: could come back, but he's not in his pomp right
0: now. Heartbreaking. Uh, I think all we need to really do now is take a little look forward to Thursday night football, and then we'll get the latest odds from Skybet. How'd you feel about that, Let's Ollie? Let's do that. So, Thursday night football, and it is an absolute banger involving those Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs against the Los Angeles Chargers. The problem from a Chargers perspective is not only that the Chiefs are a really good football team right now, uh Defensively, they had a good game against the Ravens. Shh. Say it quietly. Uh, because Justin Houston's back. I'm, I'm not ready to quite believe in them yet. And I still think we need to see uh, something we need to see. If Eric Berry comes back and plays like an All Pro, then that's going to make a difference. But I don't think it's a huge difference. But they, the Chargers have the horrible record against the Chiefs. I think they're going there, aren't they? Yeah. They're going to Arrowhead. And it's likely they're not going to have Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler.
1: No, Melvin. I thought he was so... I think he's a game-time decision, isn't
0: he? He is back... It was, so, he was back in the running yesterday. Today... In Anthony Lynn's press conference, oh no, sorry, in his uh, interview with NFL Network, Steve Weish, he said the Chargers are not optimistic that Melvin Gordon will be available Thursday. The short week doesn't seem like enough time for them to be ready. I definitely feel it'll be a game-time decision, still trying to decide what to do. I know coaches trying to be careful doesn't want me to, this is from Melvin Gordon, doesn't want me to further hurt myself. It's whether or not you have to look at it and say... You take him and you make him active, but if the game gets away from you, you bench him quick. Or you try and use him in situations. You don't try and force him in there.
1: Do you make him active you and like, only you play like,
0: him if you need him? Because you've
1: got Justin Jackson. I was going to say,
0: you like old Justin Jackson, don't he you, He didn't do
1: anything last week or in, you know on, on Sunday, but he looked really good a week or so ago. If... If you need Gordon, and the thing is, you've got to, from a Chargers' point of view, you've got to weigh it up. They're they're pretty much guaranteed a playoff berth, and it means they have to go into the wild card because they're going to f- be behind the Chiefs anyway. Do you risk Melvin Gordon for for nothing really for for what you what you've already got, or do you risk him to try and leapfrog the Chiefs if it is close? It's such a such a tough call isn't it massively it's such a tough call do you ride Justin Jackson see how well he does if he's not getting anything going you switch it up then you bring in Melvin Gordon man th- what a
0: decision that is I'd I'd take him I'd well see how it goes over the next 2 days but I'd take him I would have him active make them prepare for him but if he's not feeling up to it You've got Justin Jackson. You've got detres Newsome. No idea. Uh, uh, yeah. it's, he holds the record for total touchdowns in Western Carolina, though. So did something in college. That great D three <laughs> college of Western Carolina. Hey now, hey now. Uh, it, it could make all the difference. People mock the, the. Think about the number of really good undrafted running backs we've had in recent years, or round four, five, six running backs. It could he could emerge as a as an absolute monster. It could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. For me, these are the best two teams in the AFC right now. The two teams I'm most excited about watching, if nothing else. I know the Texans have gone on a nine-game winning streak, but the Steelers continue to collapse like a flan in a cupboard. The Patriots have a weird game in them, like Miami this weekend, and and still the pass rush is lacking. And still, you know they're they're as much a uh, winning without playing well team as anyone else. I can't wait for Thursday night. I just wish that there was a running back in the backfield for the Chargers. I'm going to take a Chiefs win, though.
1: Is there a chance that Derwin James can line up at running back? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean <laughs> I'd watch be, it. I'd, I'd would, watch it if it happens. Wouldn't that be amazing? He, <laughs> he does everything else on defence. We haven't seen a, a dual offence-defence kind of player for years. Get Derwin... I'm going to start it now. Get Derwin James <laughs> on the offence.
0: <sighs> Why not? Oh, God. That was the biggest stretch of my human life. Uh, Right, I've got to go and do a pre-rec for real work, buddy. And we've got to get uh, Skybet on the line and take a look at the Thursday night odds. Are you taking the Chiefs or the Chargers? I'd take the Chiefs. There we go. So thank you very much for listening, as always, The Gridiron Show. And, Dole. by the way, right now, the playoffs are coming. And so you know the one place to go and book your playoff trips if you want to go and see your team in action in January. It is, of course... Touchdown trips. You can head to touchdowntrips.com or give them a call on 01904-403355. That's 01904-40335. They are already doing quotes for Rams, Saints, and Chiefs divisional games.
1: Imagine going to Arrowhead for a divisional game. Oh my god. And we went to (laughs) we went to LA for the Rams game against the Chiefs. LA is a great, great town to watch football. The Coliseum you're not going to be able to see it for too much longer. Go to the Coliseum for a playoff game because that against the Chiefs felt like a playoff game and it was in incredible touch touchdown trips ben mortimer will sort you out
0: they also have a bunch of new year's getaways you can go to new orleans and watch the saints <sighs> and see in new years in new orleans what a trip that would be uh, so those are all available plus super bowl package is still up on the website now touchdown trips getting you yes you in the game, game. right let's head to Skybet and get the latest odds ahead of thursday night football All right, let's check out the latest odds now with our friends at Skybet, which means Jacob joins us. And Jacob joins us not from the UK right now. How are
2: you doing, buddy? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, we've been to a San Francisco game, watched uh, them triumph over the Broncos. So that's uh, feeling pretty good right now.
0: You're a lucky charm. Uh, as a 49ers fan, we're going to pay for you to go and get a season to get next year, because <laughs> <laughs> then maybe we'll go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm glad that you're having a good time, though, mate, but still glad you could take the time out to join us. Look, a market we've not talked about much in, in recent weeks due to uh, having so many other interesting things to talk about. It's just straight up the Super Bowl market and a couple of interesting results for teams like the Rams in recent weekends. So what's the market looking like at the moment?
2: So we've still got the Rams and the Saints as joint favourites. They're both sat at 10-3, to 3 and they keep kind of switching places. The Saints, obviously, with that disappointing result in Dallas. But then the the Rams going up to Chicago, and the Bears putting on a great performance has pushed them back out a little bit. So they're both sat at joint favourites, but at a little bigger prices than they, they were before. And like you saying, with both of them now finally looking like they're not, invincible it could be a good chance to maybe get on some of the other teams if we're feeling them so the next we've got is Chiefs they're sat at nine to two they got pushed out a little bit after the whole Kareem Hunt incident but since then you know they've got they've got some good wins and they settled back into a little bit of a run game with Spencer Ware this week so the Patriots losing on that incredible play in Miami is definitely helped the chiefs case because now it's looking like they're almost nailed on for that number one seed in the afc Mm -hmm.
0: right okay so uh, i mean it's probably still fair that those are the markets and it's a couple of outsiders that i potentially like looking at the market but i'm not going to tip my hand i think people should go and check out at skybet.com uh as always we look forward to thursday night football though and we talk about that top seed in the afc the chiefs are in there right now because of tiebreakers, it would take more than just the the Chargers winning on Thursday night to get them into that top seed. But for me, Thursday night football, these are the two best teams in the AFC right now going head to head.
2: Yeah, I almost feel a little bit bad for the Chargers in that they're sat in that division. You know, you look at their record and they should be getting a first round bye. But because they're in that division, the choices for them are either the number one seed or the number five seed right now. So... It looks like they they might have a tough tough time unseating the chiefs at the top of that top of that division, but it looks like it they could be sat with a five seed with the second best record
0: yeah and and I trust me you'll listen back to the full podcast later, as I'm sure you always do, and you'll hear my rants about how, yes, the four divisional winners obviously should get a playoff place, but all seeding for me should be based on based on record it's just ridiculous that it's not uh i still however even though they're very tight in it i think missing uh austin Eckler and likely melvin gordon a game time decision for this one even with the emergence of jackson i fancy the chiefs to win i'm gonna take the over Uh, just that's what games involving these teams have looked like this season so over 50 points chiefs to win both quarterbacks to throw for over 300 yards with those running back issues uh what can i get on that
2: so that's gonna go up at eight to one. I think uh yeah, Mahomes has gone over three hundred ten out of his thirteen games. And then on the other side for Rivers, the Chiefs D have given up the most pass yards in the league per game. So if they've got no Melvin Gordon, if we're not sure on Austin Eckler's status, then if you're the if you're the Chargers, you've got to be looking to try and take take advantage through the air. And I think this is a team they kind of at least match up fairly well against. And then with the 50-plus points, I so in Chiefs games have gone over that 11 of 13 times. So these uh, games often end up as shootouts, which kind of makes sense when you've got such a ex uh, inspiring offense, but also a struggling defense. And it becomes a case of we can just score more than you. So if you look at that, I think then it will really just come down to a case of maybe who can score last and... We've seen the Chiefs a lot of the time just have that one play ability for over, throughout the air to Tyreek Hill and it could come down to something like that.
0: And let's be honest, who doesn't like backing a high scoring, pass heavy, exciting game of Thursday night football? Uh, is the request bet offer still
2: going? Yeah, that's it every Thursday. So we've got uh, if you spend £10 on any request bet markets on the Chiefs Chargers game, then you'll receive a £5 free bet to spend on any NFL market you like
0: cracking stuff jacob as always terms and conditions at skybet.com it is over 18s only please gamble responsibly and thank you for listening to the gridiron show